Welcome to the Compliance 911 Show, a no-nonsense podcast discussing hot topics for today's busy compliance professional. It's everything you wanted to know about regulatory compliance, but we're afraid to ask. And now, here are your hosts, Dean Stockford of M&M Consulting and Len Suzio of Geodata Vision. Welcome to our podcast, everything you wanted to know about regulatory compliance, but we're afraid to ask. So Len, what exciting topic do you have for our listeners today? Oh boy, Dean, I'll tell you what, the new CRA, which was published just only eight days ago, as we are recording this broadcast today, that's the hot topic in regulatory compliance today. And that's what I want to talk about. Oh, there's so much to say. Where do you want to start, Len? Remember, this is only a 10 or 15 minute podcast. And I, uh, when I saw the, what, over 1400 pages uh, of, of yes. final rule, <laughs> I, I, I damn near uh, I sunk down in my chair. So fire away. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, the proposal was only 780 pages long. So they doubled the, 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 the final rule in terms of the count of pages. This could really be a 10 to 15 hour podcast. If you're ready, Dean, I'm ready. To oh, go. yeah. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, we'll, <laughs> we'll have to keep it to the 10 or 15 minutes uh, interval that we typically do. So let's begin with an overview at the 50,000 foot level. And the changes are so dramatic that keeping it to 10 to 15 minutes won't be easy. So what are the major changes? Well, I'm going to concentrate on three of the biggest changes. There's definitely other big changes, which we will discuss in future podcasts. But we got to keep it into bite-sized chunks. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to focus on three of the big changes. First, there's the changes in bank categories, which remain at three but the size intervals are very different. Small banks would be those with assets of less than $600 million in either of the two previous calendar years. Intermediate banks, not intermediate small banks anymore, will be banks with assets of at least $600 million in either of the two previous calendar years uh, to less than $2 billion. And finally, large banks will now be banks with assets of $2 billion or more in both the two previous calendar years. The second... Uh, big change, and perhaps maybe the most radical, and maybe even illegal. I believe it's illegal, but I'm not a lawyer. Uh, but I know that legal questions have been raised about this, which pertain to changes in the assessment areas. Now, since 1995, regulators have mandated that an assessment area for any bank had to include at least one deposit-taking branch from that bank. Those will be now be known as, quote, facility-based assessment areas. But the new CRA will mandate two new types of assessment areas, the so-called retail lending assessment areas and, quote, outside retail lending assessment areas, end quote. This latter type of assessment area can cover anywhere in the country, and in my opinion, is the most radical concept in the new rule, although there are plenty of other controversial changes too. And the third big issue big change uh, are the performance tests and performance standards themselves, which are going to change. For small banks, there will not be any official difference. And I use the term official because I believe the reality is that even small banks will see a big change in performance standards, but that will not be officially announced. So Len, 
I, you know, I know we're taking this in little chunks, and of course, we just swallowed three big bullet points. But uh, uh, let, let's let's kind of take this one at a time. First, regarding the bank size categories, please elaborate a little bit for our audience. I'm I'm um, I'm interested to hear about um, all three size categories. But your comment about the unofficial impact of performance standards on small banks it, it's got me. It certainly has the hair on the back of my neck standing up. So I'm trying to. <laughs> okay. Well, as I said, there will be three different categories or size categories of banks as there is today, except that the size thresholds will be different. Small banks have been comforted by their apparent escape from any substantial changes, but that is a misunderstanding, in my opinion. When we get to the tests and standards, uh, standards part of this podcast, I'll explain that. Intermediate banks and large banks will bear the brunt of the radical changes in the new rule. Intermediate banks will be subject to the new, quote, retail lending tests and either a continuation of the current community development test, uh, which they will now be called the Intermediate Bank Community Development Test, or the new Community Development Financing Test. Large banks will be subject to four different tests, the Retail Lending Test, the Community Development Financing Test, the Retail Products and Services Test, and finally, the Community Development Services Test. For large banks, the four tests will be weighted with the Retail Lending Test and the Community Development Financing Test getting the most weighting, and the Retail Products and Services Test and the Community Development Services accounting for only 20% of the total rating for large banks. Well, I'm certain our audience wants to know more about the assessment area changes. What do you have to say about those? Dean, the new retail lending and outside retail lending areas are very controversial and are likely to be legally challenged. As any experienced area officer knows, for decades, regulators have insisted that every assessment area must contain at least one deposit-taking branch. But the new rule turns that on its head and says that almost anywhere a bank lends will now, be, will now constitute a retail lending area or a so-called outside retail lending area. The facility-based assessment area is the historical definition of an assessment area. The retail lending area will be any market in which a bank originates either 150 closed-end mortgages or 400 small business loans. The outside retail lending area is a nationwide area excluding wherever a bank maintains a facility-based assessment area and outside any retail lending assessment areas. So it's extremely large. Uh, it can be it can cover technically up to the entire country depending on circumstances. So we go from a situation where the entire CRA evaluation was done on a limited area that was defined where banks have a branch presence now to literally virtually anywhere in the country where a bank is lending. That is a whopping change and is definitely going to be controversial and it will have a very big impact on large bank performance. Yeah, that is uh, for sure. And kind of, again, defeats the purpose going back to, to the to the whole purpose surrounding CRA. <laughs> taking deposits, but lending the money back to those areas that you're taking the deposits from. So uh, what about the performance test, Len? Well, as I said before, each category of bank will be subject to a different set of tests. Small banks will continue to be evaluated according to the current test for small banks. And again, I'll elaborate on what I think is a difference hidden there that's not, not obvious. However, while the test may be the same, the question is, will the performance standards be the same? I believe that since the specific performance standards have never been officially gauged or published, 
that the regulators will unofficially impose those new official standards on the small banks themselves. Now, the retail lending test will be applied to intermediate banks and large banks. Under the retail lending test, there will be a series of tests that are similar to the current tests, the current current lending tests, I should say, but the standards will be different. First, there will be a retail lending screen, which measures the adequacy of a bank's lending volume. It will be benchmarked not by the current assessment area ratio, but by the computation of loans relative to deposits within the facilities-based assessment area. The screen will be based on 30% of the average of all the banks with deposit facilities inside the facilities assessment area and their uh, loans relative to their deposits in that area. There will also be a geographic distribution test and a borrower's distribution test. And these tests are very similar to the current lending tests that measure lending in low and moderate income tracks within the facilities-based assessment area and the so-called borrower characteristics test that measures lending to low and moderate income home borrowers and small business loans to borrowers with $1 million or less gross annual revenue. The big difference in these tests is that they will be evaluated uh, based only on the counts of loans originated and purchased and not the dollar values, which is the current situation. The current situation is the test is computed for both the count of loans originated and purchased and the dollar value Whereas in the new rule, it will only be it will be only the counts of the loans originated uh, and purchased. Another very important distinction between the new quote distribution tests is that they are calibrated according to comparisons with what other lenders are doing, as well as demographic uh, benchmarks determined uh, for the community. The benchmarks are calibrated to each potential rating, including outstanding, high satisfactory, low satisfactory, needs to improve, and substantial non-compliance. In some ways, this is an improvement over what the current framework has been, because while we know what the comparisons have been, there's no, never ever been an official calibration of those standards. So in that sense, it's it's a, an improvement. It's one of the few positive things I have to say about the new CRA rule. Now, in this short period of time, I've touched upon some of the biggest changes in the new CRA, but there are other changes that can be considered very significant too. For example, the tests applying to community development will be very significantly impacted. One of the biggest ways community development will be changed in the new CRA is reflected in the so-called community development financing test, which combines community development lending and investing and measures and evaluates community development lending and investing based on the balances outstanding rather than the lending activity in a given year. That is a very big change insofar as community development lending is concerned. It is consistent with the way community development investing has been treated for these years. So I think that's a, another big change, and it's one of the few big changes I think is positive and realistic. It's like turning the page, and every time you turn the page is another big change. <laughs> Surprise, surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we, you know, I, I would say before we conclude, I want to, uh, you know, want you to explain if you could uh, about a comment earlier about small bank tests not changing, but um, there may be unofficial change of significance for them too, right, Len? Yep, definitely, Dean. While there's no official changes in the test for small banks, I believe there will be a significant change in the performance standards for small banks. What, am I, what I am referring to are the so-called calibrated benchmarks. 
since both small banks and large bank performances will be based on the distribution test, lending in an assessment area is low and moderate income tracks and lending to low and moderate income borrowers. And since the standards for those tests have never been officially announced, I expect that the new calibrated benchmarks will be applied to small banks too, and it can be done sub rosa. And no one will ever know since the calibrated standards have never been announced. So even small banks may be dramatically affected by the new rule and they won't even know what hit them. Wow. And yeah, so those are, yeah, yeah, those are, yeah, those are big changes, uh, you know, uh, touching on only the surface of this stuff is just unbelievable at this point and, and you can get lost in the weeds in a hurry um, for sure. But I think everybody needs to be uh, tuned in uh, uh, to, to, uh, to, to, you, to these types of events, these podcasts, and of course the uh, the particulars of this new rule, because I do believe that they're going to be rather significant and in, in, uh, have have dramatic impacts on, on on community banking as we know it. You got that right, Dean, and we will definitely have more podcasts to address this because it is an almost fifteen hundred page document to be touched upon. So we might spend the next year talking about the new CRA. Yes, that's all I can say. Uh, as I'm certain our listeners will be looking forward to uh, more details and other ground-breaking changes as it contains uh, uh, or pertains, I should say, to this new CRA rule. Um, this is Dean Stockford from M&M Consulting. And this is Len Susio with GeoDataVision saying, we hope you enjoyed today's broadcast and found it informative. Please, as always, send us your suggestions for future podcast projects. Thanks for listening to the Compliance 911 Show. If you like the podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, please give us a like and review to help others find the show. As always, links are in the show notes, and you can always find us online at compliance911show.com. Follow M&M Consulting and Geodata Vision on LinkedIn for all the latest news and information on compliance hot topics.